Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Come Follow Me Today, a brief message to help us experience an additional spiritual moment in our otherwise complicated lives. My name is Caleb Sanford, and thank you for joining me as we accept Christ's invitation to follow him today. In our last episode, we talked about David, the young boy who had slain Goliath and saved the Israelites from the Philistines, who then became king of Israel and reunited the 12 tribes. When David dies of old age, his son Solomon becomes the next king of Israel. Solomon receives great wisdom from God and rules in righteousness until he begins to marry women outside his faith who lure him away from worshiping his God. The Lord then sends the prophet Aisha the Shilonite to visit Jeroboam, the son of one of Solomon's servants, to anoint him king over the ten northern tribes of Israel, leaving David and Solomon's family to only rule over the two southern tribes of Judah and Benjamin. Solomon then dies, leaving his son Rehoboam as his heir, And the rest of the book of 1 Kings, where we're at now, chronicles the history of the two kingdoms under Jeroboam and Rehoboam and their successors for multiple generations, down to the time of King Ahab of the northern kingdom. All right, so after Israel splits apart, things don't go so well for either the northern or southern kingdoms. Both fall victim to idol worshiping and sin. Eventually, the Lord grows tired of this and empowers the prophet Elijah to cause a drought to come upon the land, which lasts for several years, causing famine and hardship on the people and forcing Elijah into hiding because King Ahab and the people are pretty mad at him. Eventually, though, a man named Obadiah, who is one of the few remaining faithful in the land, finds Elijah hiding in the wilderness. Elijah tells him to set up a meeting with King Ahab so Elijah can confront him about his poor leadership and the sins of the people of Israel. Quote, So Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. And it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah that Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? And Elijah answered, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, in that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Balaam. In this context, Elijah is referring to false worldly gods and idols that the Israelites have started to care more about than the Lord their God. Now therefore send and gather to me all Israel unto Mount Carmel, and the prophets of Baal 450, and the prophets of the groves 400. So Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. End quote. So Elijah has been commanded by the Lord to gather the people of Israel together to do some old school Moses style shock and awe miracle work to try to help the people remember who their true God is and that he is more powerful than the false worldly gods that the Israelites have been worshiping. So Elijah sets up this experiment for the people whereby two cows are prepared for sacrifice and laid on altars to be burned, one for the Hebrew God and one for Baal or the false gods. Quote, And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. Then said Elijah unto the people, I, even I only, remain a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. Let them therefore give us two bullocks, and let them choose one bullock for themselves, and cut it in pieces, and lay it on wood, and put no fire under And I will dress the other bullock and lay it on wood and put no fire under. And call ye on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God that answereth by fire, let him be God. And all the people answered and said, It is well spoken. 
Well, the false prophets fail to produce fire from heaven to light their sacrifice, while Elijah, even after soaking the altar in wood with water, is still able to conjure up fire from God to burn the offering. Quote, And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces, and they said, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is the God. End quote. All right, so what's going on in this story? Well, the people of Israel have very likely still been observing all the Israelite traditions, like celebrating Passover and other important Israelite customs. And they still claim to be the nation of Israel. But they're only providing lip service to the word of God. They're not living according to God's teachings anymore. In other words, being an Israelite has shifted from being a statement of faith to being just a culture, a political construct. And even people like Obadiah, who are still trying to live faithfully according to God's commandments, they're ridiculed for their faith. The people have become much more concerned with the temptations and allures of the world and have stopped caring about what it really means to have faith in God and participate in the covenant that he made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We might wonder the same thing about what it means to be a part of God's covenanted people today. For those of us who profess to be members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, or Christians in general, are we serving God with all our heart, might, mind, and strength? Do we even have the desire to serve God? Do we have faith, hope, charity, and love with an eye single to the glory of God? Have we remembered faith, virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, brotherly kindness, godliness, charity, humility, diligence? Or are we more focused on our own lives, our careers, our bodies and outward appearances, our financial portfolios, our political views, our social media influence, our homes, cars, wardrobes, or other material wealth? Are we more concerned with what others think about us than what our God thinks about us? Has our Christianity become just a culture for us now instead of a way of life? Elijah's words still ring true for you and I. Quote, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. When our prophets today talk to us about our faith and devotion to God, is our response the same as that of the Israelites to Elijah? Quote, And the people answered him, not a word. Elijah is communicating an important concept in this story. We can't be all in on both God and his plan of salvation and the world with its counterfeit plan of happiness. We have to prioritize one or the other, and it's our choice. If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. You and I can continue to prioritize our worldly concerns, if that's what we want to do. But what Elijah wants the people to understand is that this means we're giving up our God. We can't have it both ways. We can't straddle our faith and the outside world and expect to be successful in either. But it's our choice. Like the people of Israel, Elijah just wants them to pick a side. Either go all in with God and his plan for us, or go all in with the world, but don't pretend to try to do both. Well, as you and I struggle with the decision of whether we truly want to accept our Savior's invitation to follow him today, let's be honest with ourselves about whether we're really ready to commit to our covenants with God. Are we prepared to consecrate what little free time we may have to serving God's children and helping build the kingdom of God and trying to keep his commandments every day of our lives? Or will we choose the easier path and fade into the rest of society that doesn't believe in God? 
I pray for myself and for you that, like Joshua, who led the people into the promised land, that we'll always be able to say, quote, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Thank you for listening today, and I'll see you next time.